What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Josh Shrinko, and uh, this is your time to cue in, Chris. What's up, dudes? This is also a host of this podcast. My name is Chris Vaughn. Hello. <laughs> is that a good intro? Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, and for the, for the ardent listeners of our podcast, I do have my microphone back so my audio situation is hopefully resolved for the foreseeable future pulled out of your uh, mouth just a little bit that's what she can't do that dude when this is in front of my face it's going in (laughs) we've got a we've got a guest on the podcast he has not yet made an appearance in this chat room we've waited uh probably 15 minutes or so to be honest we've got we use zencaster uh this podcast is brought to you by zencaster and uh, actually, it's brought to you by River Rat USA. Drift the rat. It is. It is. Um, but anyways, we use Zencaster, and it's kind of hard to get into. So he may be lost in the ether, dark web. We're not really sure. Well, we're gonna like when he does get on, we're gonna freaking jump him, dude. Like he's not even gonna know. He's gonna be live, and he's gonna be like, "What? Are you there? You're freezing up there, bud." Oh man. Yeah. I can All right, you're good now. Well, you you just sounded like a Nintendo character. You went completely <laughs> buck wild there. Did I think you it's your, Did I you think it's your connection? Yeah, uh, it is. I I just bought Mesh Network, so, you know. Um, you know but anyways, what we do is off. we make our we make our guests actually go through the dark web to get to our podcast. Absolutely, dude. We make them download the, they have to download <laughs> A tort proxy, browser. a tort, a tort browser, to get onto our podcast. A lot of people are resistant to do that. That's why we haven't had a lot of big names. <laughs> I sent so Hank. I sent Hank Parker a dark web invite. He did not join. <laughs> like, come on, dude! It's a freaking dark web. Come on, everybody's on the dark web. That's where we do our podcast, dude. But, have you ever tried to get on the dark web? Why would I ever try to get on the dark web? No. I. That's a legitimate question. I haven't because I'm a, I'm scared. I can get on the dark. Yeah, there's, nothing, there's nothing on there for me. I don't think. <laughs> False. <laughs> I, mean, False. I, I mean, I guess I could probably find some stuff I'd poke around on, but you know, I, I don't know what all's on there. To be honest, <laughs> I I think what's commonly associated with it is pretty devious. There's some, yep. some devious, sinister characters that cruise the dark web. Dude, I was watching uh, and, and and guests of our podcast that we make enter there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a good icebreaker. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the dark web. <laughs> we can talk about anything. <laughs> no censorship on the dark web, dude. So, what are your thoughts on minorities? Just like it's a complete, <laughs> complete uh, fishing spelled the wrong way. You know? Get in uh, here. Tell us. Tell us all your dark secrets. Oh my God, dude! <laughs> so we were talking about right before, uh, right before we went live here about a little Facebook reminder of um, 
you know, says we've been friends for 13 years. I don't think we've fished for 13 years. Definitely um, not. No. The first time that we went fishing, you abandoned me. Uh, it would have been a country concert. So whenever that was, that would have been the first time. <laughs> it would have been the in the year of our Lord 2013. That's what it would have been. Okay. Um, I, this so the guest is uh, not yet made an appearance. Joseph Davies is his name. Um, and just as a precursor, we'll just record this because I'm going to put it out there. Uh, it's very possible that he's a Case Strass style character who's infiltrated our podcast having never listened to an episode and may in fact know may he may be an imposter i can't be sure we don't really know him we don't know him that well i have tried to look him up he's his absence on the dark web is is shocking he's not even on it um (laughs) no he's he's uh you know i don't really know him that well so we'll just have to see what he has to say We'll but we are going to run him through a purity test. We're going to we're going to test his knowledge of Smalley Talk podcast. Uh, you know, and if he's if he's a an imposer or an imposter rather, we're going we're going to smoke him out. Right? Yeah, dude. That's just how we do things. We're going to put him on the Salem bitch trials. That's what we're, that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> He's a heretic. He's a heretic. <laughs> hey, what would so, it be? It wouldn't be heretic. That would be a heretic. I don't know what it would have. What it let's, so while we're waiting on him, let's talk about what did you did you end up go going out this weekend? Uh, no, I did not. I I ended up uh, <clears throat> I ended up hanging around uh, the house and. I helped my brother install a pretty sizable playground for his kids, so that was fun. I thought you, I thought you might have got family pictures. I saw those. You're looking good, dude. We did get family, family pictures. We did. Family's do, looking great. Family's looking very good. Very, yeah. We were very on point for those pictures. Um, you know, it's very Kennedy esque, first family esque. That's what we're going for. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to get a golden retriever just to just for picture purposes um to pose with but no it's it's uh yeah we got family pictures we did a we did a very big playground for my brother's kids and for my kids and all that so that was fun actually we had a good time doing that but did not get out um probably should have gone we planned to go on saturday afternoon but the the project with that playground was so intense dude i mean it was like the most intense playground project Ever. It felt like I was putting together a space shuttle. Whatever so, you do, do not mention that to my wife because she's literally been riding me for like Oh, easy, buddy. <laughs> this is this is on the dark web, but that's not yeah. that's not what we're talking about. Uh well she's been riding me for seven years about getting a playground for our kids and I like keep pushing against it and I'm like, No, I don't want a freaking playground in my backyard. Don't want to put one together, I don't want to mow around one. Don't want to, you know, do any of that stuff. And I, my, my strategy is that they get old enough to where they don't even play on playgrounds anymore. And I'm like, see, they're not, they're too old for it. So your kids are definitely at the age that building a playground doesn't make any sense anymore. Thank you. Thank Uh, you. And I, I, you notice that I'm not saying I built a playground for me and my kids. 
<laughs> right. I'm saying I built one so that when my kids go over to my brother's house, they can go freaking nuts on a playground, yeah. but right, I don't yeah. have one at my house. But I will say that like out of all the playground things that I've seen, like backyard playgrounds, my brother's like setup that he's got is, is actually not like a, an eyesore. It actually looks nice. And I think that his mother-in-law bought it for him, which at oh, first I thought was the, I actually had a lot of respect for her. I thought that was like the best prank ever. If she bought him this giant playground, and <laughs> didn't tell him about it, but it turns out they consented to it. So lost respect uh-huh. again. See, um, if somebody bought it for me, like I guess put putting together a pre-built one wouldn't be bad. Katie was wanting me to like do plans and lumber and crap. And I'm like, Oh my God. I got building so your own would have been it. far easier than building this one. Really? Oh, dude, it's the most intense thing. Like, like it comes in like six boxes and you have to like go through the inventory. You have to have a full like system on how to, how to put this thing together. It's so tedious. I mean, it takes zero skill whatsoever. It's just extremely tedious. Um, so you know, put sounds in, like a blast. It, it was actually, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, we had a good, we had a good time, but uh, yeah. definitely paid. not, definitely not you know, overnight on sugar Creek with my buddy's good time, but it was fun. (laughs) So speaking of what, let, let's get into it, dude. I know that you guys had a, a very, very exclusive, very high end marketing trip with actual real world YouTube celebrities and photographers accompanying an, an Achigan marketing trip. Let's hear about it. it. Yeah. So the idea is we, um, we're trying to get together this whole year about doing, getting some photos and stuff. And, uh, you know, neither one of us have fished near as much this year as we did the last, well, definitely last year for sure. Um, but yeah, it just like stuff kept getting in the way and we finally were like, all right, let's lock down a weekend where we can all three go. And, uh, we were just basically just going to go on a like an overnight trip. We didn't even know where. And then it kind of uh, dawned on Dustin and Andrew and I that like, hey, let's see if Derek wants to go and film and we'll pay him to do some video work for us. And of course, he was all for that. Um, so then he got invited. And then like the night before, I just remembered Rob Connors um, had offered to do photography for us um if we ever wanted him to and i called him up and he was like instantly was like yeah dude i'm there so anyways rob runs a a company uh called bodega media group um yeah and rob's actually i think he's he's actually dissolving that um or i don't know if he's dissolving that my bad my my bad rob no, (laughs) no well he may still be i just don't know if he's uh trying to grow that social media. Um, he actually is, he went, went into business with Dave, her log jam guy. So oh, him, and, okay. him and Dave are business partners now. And they kind of like, Dave kind of started that about the same time we started at Chigan. And he's always like, you know, you know, he, I don't know if you saw the, <laughs> the sticker he made. That's kind of a faux pas of ours. Or I don't know what you'd call it. It's like a spin-off joke of ours. Did you see that? Yeah, faux pas is not the right word. I no, would it's not. Right. Spoof maybe is that the right? Yeah, yeah. Is that spoof. what you're going for? Yeah, yeah. 
So Dave is always like messaged us and stuff. He's a cool guy. Uh, right. But anyways, Rob Rob's like a legit photographer. And- yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, he's got Bodega Media Group, which like this last year, I think I don't remember which which um, promotion he was with, but essentially he traveled around the country and took photographs and videos of professional bass anglers like all over the country. So pretty cool that, you know, he's an Indiana guy. Um, You know, he has the same jet boat as me. So obviously I've asked him about a thousand questions and he's, you know, very knowledgeable on boats and things. So, you know, he's a good resource for that kind of stuff too, but certainly he's a very talented uh, photographer and videographer. So yeah, that should turn out to be awesome. Um, And where did you guys end up going? So we went to Sugar Creek on the most scenic stretch um, that, you know, it, it also is a very good fishing stretch. But um, so, so Rob, actually, he'd never been on a kayak before, which is interesting. Um, so I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. But that that guy, he didn't even fish like he I met. I bet he threw like 20 casts the whole time. You want to know uh, why? <laughs> probably because it's hard to fish out of a kayak if you've never done it before no that's he's freaking why. freaking professional that's why yeah it was cool though well i will say this we got to the river and you know it's um you know it kind of the temperatures dropped the past like week or so and it was probably the coolest sunrise i've ever seen on sugar it was kind of one of those times i'm like oh man this is a perfect time to be here for photographs and he got some really cool, like the first hour was like, I was like, man, he's getting some wild looking photography because that's part where you start. Right oh, it's, there. it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it's like probably a the coolest place. It's the coolest place in Indiana that I know of. It's like a 200 um, foot bluff. Well, it's like yeah. a canyon essentially for Indiana for all intents right. and purposes. I would classify it as a canyon, but the river runs through these there's high cliffs, at least on one side in that area. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, when you go down a little bit further, you know, within the first hour, you're in an area where there are probably 150 to 200 foot bluffs on both sides of the river with, you know, nice cedar trees and, you know, old growth timber on both sides of the river. It's really for Indiana. I mean, it's as good as it gets scenery wise. So, yeah. so that first, like, hour or so when we had the sun coming up and that fog the fog wasn't like on the water it was real weird it was like up like in the trees so it was like there was like the water in a clear spot and then there was like this layer of fog in the middle of the trees it was super cool um so yeah it was neat we got a ton of good photos ton of good stuff that'll last us through the um year on our instagram page and that and then uh um yeah, the fishing was it was eerily uh, similar to our last trip on Flat Rock. Right. Whereas, like, it now they were hitting different stuff. They weren't really on bottom as much as they were on a like a bait fish bite. But dude, just couldn't find any big fish. And and honestly, from what I've seen from other people, the similar problem. Like, I saw that uh, George Verusia, which which by the way, he does have a podcast. Uh, creaking around uh as this podcast you can check him out uh i saw that he caught a really nice fish on sugar but you know i mean one fish you can't, that doesn't really tell the whole story so yeah, yeah. It's, hard, it's hard to say i mean the thing was like 
Derek fished a lot um, during it. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Derek also lost a rod and reel. <laughs> oh, how do you? Oh, well, I guess there's a little bit of stain on the water. It's pretty tough no, to lose no, a no, rod. No. Crystal clear, bud. <laughs> I'm talking like that water was like, you saw the picture of that fish uh, under the I water. I guess so, yeah. I guess Dude, it was right. crystal clear. No, the problem is he dropped it in a one of three spots where you can't drop a rod and reel in that river and retrieve it. Um, and it, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the way to explain it to you. It's the first like really, really deep spot in that river. Um, like there's a huge boulder, like exposed boulder. And then it's like, dude, it's like you, it's like the one spot. It's like, Oh, you, you could actually see to the bottom of it, but it was, like, you know, it's like one of those things it's like you couldn't make anything out. Um, and you sure weren't going to. like. Was it one of his good setups or was it kind of a trashy one? I mean, it was a St. Croix. Oh, a dude, I, I might have. I might have went down for it. <laughs> I might have. I might have. I might have stripped down and got wet for that. I mean, deal. It, 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 uh, if, if you like could have, I, I probably would have, too. But, dude, there wasn't you weren't getting that. Like it was, oh really? It's like one of those spots that's like fifteen foot deep. That's like, just bad luck because that's like that's like less than one tenth of one percent of that river would be that well, deep. And I was like anchored in the raft. Me and Dustin were anchored in the raft, fishing right there. And then I just like look back and like there's all this commotion. Derek's like floating into a raft, and then he's like paddling real like frantically trying to get out from a raft. I'm like, what's going on? And the next thing you know, he's like, Oh, I just lost a rod. And I heard the story. <laughs> Apparently like he saw it falling and like it like fell in the water. And then he, he grabbed it with his paddle, like scooped it with his paddle. And it was like sliding off his paddle. And like, you know, when you like have something in the water like that, but you can't actually like get a hold of it. And it's just kind of like sliding on your paddle. And then, Apparently Rob was right there. He like put his paddle underneath of it and like was lifting it up and they just couldn't get their hands on it. And they just wa- both watched it just fall down and sink just like, really slowly. Just like Jack on the Titanic, dude. Yeah, I know, dude. I'll never let go. <laughs> well, and it was like, you know, it was like one of those things. Derek's just like shaking his head. He's like, yeah, well, there's another one. Uh, that really it, sucks. It did, and then he broke uh, even on that whole deal, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he he like tried deep cranking for it for like thirty minutes, and <laughs> we were all like, uh, "Yeah, man, we see people get those all the time with crank baits." Oh, man, that <laughs> like trying to encourage him. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, Derek's like, "Oh man, going out." getting paid to go do some videography work for my buddies. This is awesome. Best day ever. <laughs> False. <laughs> that really yeah. sucks, man. Yeah. Hate that. Hate that for you, bud. So sorry to hear it. I know, dude. Um, but yeah, it, it was like, we caught a ton of fish, but the thing was like, I had a couple like little, like, uh, photo ops, like, uh, planned out, but they all involved like an 18 inch fish. So I'm like, all right, I need to catch an 18 between freaking five of us. And, you know, I was like, surely I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Andrew's a, good, Andrew's a very good fisherman. Who was in the raft with you? Dustin. 
Yeah. I mean, I would have guessed that you, between you or Dustin, Andrew and Derek, that you guys would have definitely caught an 18 at least. Yeah, I was even, Rob had never been there before. And I'm like, dude, I was like, what? I was like, I'll be surprised. If Rob's like, yeah, these guys are really good. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. this really yeah, I... is the best stretch of river in Indiana. Nice. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, I'd be surprised if we don't get like four or five 18s a day between all of us, yeah. or at least for the trip. And uh, nope. That stretch is that way, though, dude. I mean, it's it has its moments of greatness. And it has its moments where it's really frustrating. I mean, we did a float on that stretch two years ago where day one, we caught four fish. And then day two, we caught like close to 100 and we caught like three or four 18s. So, you know, it's really bizarre down there. It's like, I don't know if it's just the the topography or if it's, um, you know, because it's, it's down further. It's closer to the confluence with Wabash. I'm not really sure exactly why it's different but it definitely is it doesn't feel the same way it doesn't fish the same way it's just a very different stretch of river um and it's it's spring fed in multiple places too so that might also have something to do with it yeah i've been messaging him he says he's having trouble with with getting in um um yeah well yeah so anyways we did the thing we we um we, we actually, try, I tried to get as much of that stretch in on day one because I knew it was going to rain on day two. And we had, uh, everybody had to be back uh, home halfway early. So right. we did, uh, I, we got on the water literally like at light, like at like 745. And then um, we stopped and camped like, you know, probably like 530. But it was like only like a mile and a half from the end. Yeah, you guys did 10 miles on day one. Yeah, we did. It was a it was a long day. Well, you know, and it's fall too, so you're not like fishing a lot of that area, anyways. That's true. You know, it's like, yeah, there were like, but it's definitely long. higher than it's ever been on that trip because we've done that trip, you know, four or five years in a row now, and it's it's been, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been, been very low, really low. Yeah, this is honestly for fall, and I was actually thinking like I might want to go back with you and try it again. Um, like the first week of November, if you'd be up for it. I don't know when you're going on that redfish trip. Um, uh, going in the second week. Um, yeah, dude, I've got nothing but time right now. Work is great. Everything is like. Well, with this, I mean, it's been fairly warm. Like, I, I don't think those fish will be wintered up until well into November. So could be. I, I mean, we definitely just got like three and a half to four inches of rain in the last week. So yeah, I don't know what that'll do, you know? Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, um, but I'm inter. I'm curious to see how the, did, uh, did Rob take any video? Yeah, he got a lot of it. He actually hasn't sent any of his pictures yet. Um, he's been, he like edited them all and he's going to upload them. There was some that he got though, dude, that was like, holy shit. Like there is, like yeah, I saw had, the one uh, that you guys have posted. I thought it was great. So which one was that? It was just you guys walking. I mean, it wasn't even anything. Oh, that like, was Derek took that. Well, I mean, uh, whoever took it, I'm just saying it. it yeah, the yeah. conditions were, the conditions oh, looked yeah, like yeah. they were like perfect. So um, yeah, yeah. He did I'm, like he did, did like he get in the raft at all? Did he get in the video like from inside the raft with you guys? 
No, but he, what he would do is like he would park and like get out and he would like have like there was one time uh, the one I'm really looking forward to. He uh, I had a fluke on and he was like, hey, Josh, he's like, take that fluke and pitch it into my camera. And he's like, maybe like, I don't know, 15 yards away in front of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like pitched it and he was like taking pictures as this fluke is in the air and he got like a picture where the flukes like completely in focus and you can see my line like swooping out and then you see me just kind of blurred in the background. Ooh, it's nice. Pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, you, it took you like 15 tries to get it close to his camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually did it like five times did. and I did it perfectly. He got, well, he was like, if, if it tells you anything, he got done with taking the picture. He's like, dude, that might be my favorite picture of all time. So Ooh. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, that picture, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that should be good, man. I think um, he had uh, like a ten thousand dollar camera that he brought with him. So I'm sure he was thrilled when it started pouring down rain that that camera was like out there in that. Well, weather. he had it like he had it in a Pelican case. So oh, that's good. Um, yeah, he didn't even take that out. They just did GoPros on the second day. But yeah, we woke up the second day after camping, and uh, it was like we knew it was going to rain, so we were like prepared for it. I thought it was going to be like pouring when we woke up, but it was like sort of drizzling and we got up got our tents put up we even had a chance to make a fire and do breakfast really quick and um and we camped in this spot that's pretty good and i was like i wait i like beat that area to shit thinking there was like a nice fish there never did get anything nice um and then like right when we got in our boats to go downstream dude it just like Dude, it cut loose. That's pretty good timing, though. I mean, just think how nasty and and miserable it would have been if you were packing up all your camp stuff in the. Oh, in the well, that's rain. what I thought was going to happen, and it didn't. Um, how many times did you say, "Man, if it stays like this, it's not going to be bad"? Did oh, you say? I said that like twenty five <laughs> times. Because <laughs> you and I have a very like, um, I mean, we talk about other stuff for sure when we're fishing, but like. I would say, like, my wife always asks, like, there are are literal milestones in our lives that, like, don't even get brought up when we're fishing because we're just, like, talking about fishing the whole time or whatever. And and that's not always true. I mean, we definitely have, you know, the boat conversations can get deep, too, for sure. Um, But, you know, it's the I have to I have to believe that that morning when you got up, you were like, if it stays like this, dude. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> I know. I said that. Well, it, I, I kind of knew. Hey, look who it is. Uh-oh. we got. He made it. Maybe. It's Mr. Uh, Guest. But yeah, the, uh, D- or Al- Alyssa Dustin's wife had sent him a text and said like, hey, you got a system like on you in like 30 minutes. So I kind of was like, uh, yeah, I think that's... Uh, gonna end up hitting us but yeah dude, i never get i never get dogs. signal out there i so I yeah Verizon. yeah i don't ever i don't ever get signal out there so well that's yeah, one reason lucky. i like going out there <laughs> to be honest yeah yeah although i do believe i got pretty tripped out last time uh yeah because we it, it seems like every time we go it's like deer season like right in the beginning of the rut so i'm always worried some like deer hunter is just observing us just like he's messing my spot up yeah you know i uh 
I have some inside intel on that. One, there's actually a nature preserve on that stretch um, that I know we can legally camp on. Um, oh, really? Yep. Andrew was telling me about it. It's it's not. It, I'll explain to you later. But the problem is, it's like at the end of the stretch, so you'd have to, um, you know, really like burn up that whole stretch. So it's not. It would take some of the allure out of it because that's part of the, what's cool is you can split that into two days. For sure, um, it's it's pretty remote out there too. Like in the past few years, when we've camped there, um, we've had I've had deer come through the campsite. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, well. Let's see if we can get this guy. There in. He is. Oh, there we go. <laughs> what's up, Joe? <laughs> can you hear us? Oh goodness, hello. Hey, not frustrating at all, right? Why is my mouse going backwards? Can you hear us, Joe? Uh, we can hear you. Hang Hello. on, I'm gonna put our cameras on. Hey, can hey. you can you hear us, dude? I can, I can. Hold on, I, I'm gonna adjust the volume a little. Can you hear me? First turn. I think you're. I turned my video on so you could see me. Yeah, I, I didn't turn my video off, bro. You you unvideoed me. Here. Well, Sorry, I, I, I hey, because you were breaking up. What's up? How you doing, man? Uh, I'm okay. Well, not frustrating at all, right? Messing. No, 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 no that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Messing with technology for 30 minutes is always like a really good way to get prepped and you know get, <laughs> get in the right mind frame to like have a good conversation. That's right. <laughs> Just going to bed computer but i haven't actually seen my face in a while and i was just like dude this mustache it's on point right now oh, it's, it's very <laughs> fresh. yeah dude yeah. i love it <laughs> that's a that's a mustache that only a mother could love and and, no, and, and only a wife could tell you to shave every two days <laughs> yeah, that's right so uh we we kind of we we kind of started recording already just because hey why not yeah so um I, the first episode i listened to yours was with uh john lee uh kalamazoo river guide yeah nice. it was uh uh Quite, quite a good friend of mine. I don't know. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't cool. have tons of friends, so I guess he's in the he's in the small circle. <laughs> John's a very uh, yeah. John's a an interesting guy. Well, I went on a uh, the only smallmouth trip I've ever gone on with a guide. I went yeah. I went with him, and uh, he showed me a spot and just kind of what he did, and I thought it was it was super interesting. It's a way different you know, way different system than anything I'd ever fished for smallmouth on a fly rod. So yeah. What were, what were you guys doing in particular? He was like doing like a chunk and dunk type. of. Oh yeah. I know where. Yeah. yeah. It was like probably in 20 feet of water with like a really yeah. super quick current, you know, and we were, so yeah, you had to, a full intermediate line and yeah. And it like a, a heavy weight. It was almost like, That's it was almost like drop shotting for, with a fly rod it was really that's right. yeah it was pretty cool yeah, it's, 
Yeah, it, it, the um, John Lee has a lot of ways to catch a lot of fish. I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I I would do. Uh, well, he posted a picture a couple weeks ago of him like doing oh. some flats fishing on Lake Superior that I thought was. I got to find out what's going on there. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get in on that. I, I, I'm with you. I, I saw those pictures and I was like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. There it is. That sounds cool. Yeah, for sure. I went. Uh, so this summer, I did a trip on uh, Travers Bay. Uh, it was just like a family vacation. We did a lot of fishing, and I could see like if it's anything like that, you know, because the fish were pretty shallow. Like you could sight fish to them. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's it's very doable, and I don't think a lot of people are doing it. I mean, he was probably alone out there, so. Yeah, no, he was definitely, uh, from what I understand, definitely the only John boat ripping around uh, that area. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll we'll just kind of get into this thing. Yeah. No. No. Uh, my name is uh, Joe Davies. Um, I run uh, Tilted Fly Fishing, which is my guide operation uh, here in. Uh, you would kind of consider it the the northern Milwaukee River region, um, and uh, yeah, for the kind of entirety of the summer, um, really just targeted big smallmouth bass, and um, and and I think when you do that, your your numbers don't don't get too high but it was it was cool to see a, a really different type of season for myself this year yeah i mean so the milwaukee river basin is like on the eastern part of of wisconsin right so the the milwaukee river actually runs into milwaukee right yep okay yep, it does. so that's and is that like a smallmouth? i mean you guys probably get steelhead there too right we do yeah yeah Okay. And um, depending on flows, they'll they'll go way, 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 way farther north than most people will expect. Um, so, yeah, it, it's true that that a lot of our really good bass water does turn into um, some steelhead and salmon water for sure. Yep. Uh, and you said you do you guide like. Uh, how many days in the, in the year do you think you spend on the water? Uh, it's hard to tell. Um, I, um, kind of just got my own operation going pretty recently. Okay. Um, so it's probably three days a week that, that I'm guiding, um, which for starting out more or less by word of mouth, um, was, was pretty successful for me. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, oh man, I I feel like I'm, I'm cheating sometimes because it's like the most fun job ever. (laughs) That's how it should feel, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that, I feel that way as a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so much fun. (laughs) No, that's awesome, man. That's great. Uh, and, and I've definitely, uh, kind of got the stoke in me in the sense that uh it it, it is so gratifying to see somebody else 
do something that you kind of helped them along to do um, and have success. And um, this year we were able to do it with some some bigger class fish too, um, which we were really really stoked on. Yeah, that also helps the clients, right? It's, it's uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, it it um, the guys that do it, it it's not something you just kind of can jump on the boat and uh, catch a twenty. It's it, it's as close to pitching mangroves as um, particularly early in the season. You know, like if if you're six inches short, you're not fishing that fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it requires some serious precision. Um, and man, that, that's what, that's what I've fallen in love with. You know, you see this client, you know, make this perfect cast, you know, and, um, yeah, you know, the rest, you know, yeah, you for sure. Up and yeah, that's as good as it gets. It definitely. I mean, uh, we always, we always talk about that a little bit, you know, like smallmouth kind of have this reputation as being a very easy fish to catch. And, oh. and that is, that is true to a certain extent. Like they can be very easy to catch, but, be, but big fish. Be, yeah. 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 They big can difference. be eager. Um, but, oh man. Yeah. It's, uh, no, that's why I've got gray hair, man. <laughs> well, I swear. it's, it's only been since I started fishing smallmouth that I've, you know, got a little salt in my throat. That's yeah, right. I think man. I think a lot of people get that confused, like oh, smallmouth are easy to catch, but you know, it's like anything else. Like, yeah, you can go out to uh you know, a river system and catch a bunch of 13, 14 inch fish, but like your eighteens, nineteens, twenties, those are the ones like, you know, they're they're bigger and they're older for a reasons because they, you know, have learned to survive. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, yeah. unless it's like the spawn or sometime where it's like they're super vulnerable. Like they, they know what's up. Like there's a reason why you only catch a few of them every time you go out. So that's right. Yeah. 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 Do you exclusively do the fly fishing thing? Are you doing the gear thing as well? Um, all right. I will explain that. Okay. (laughs) Um, I, uh, I do exclusively fly fishing because that is all I know. Um, like, honestly, if you gave me a bait caster, I'd hook myself in the ear and create a bird's nest (laughs) and you would take it away from me. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't really, um, grow up, um, conventional fishing at all, even though I had all this influence around me. I had like uncles, a grandfather, a dad that knew tons about this, but, um, I kind of, uh, yeah, grew up skiing a ton. So I was much more interested when we went down, you know, to my grandfather's place to like jump off the roof into the pool <laughs> than go fishing with him because, yeah, he would, he, he, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he liked me much. <laughs> well, let's get into that. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's awesome, man. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's so bizarre. Like, um, I just sort of assume that most people that get into this, especially in, into, um, bass fishing, especially it's the assumption or the baggage that I sort of carry into this whole thing is like, I assume that most people get into fly fishing for smallmouth bass by way of gear fishing, but 
I, I can't tell you how many people have reached out this year to Josh and I. I mean, probably like once a month at least. Somebody will reach out and say, hey, I got into your podcast and, you know, I've always been a fly guy, but hearing you and Josh talk about gear fishing and stuff like that has made me really curious. And I went out and bought, you know, my first spinning rod this year. I mean, I bet, I bet Josh, the, the ratio of people that have reached out to us this year and have said that, as opposed to the people that have reached out and said, I bought my first fly rod this year, it's probably like 60, 40. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but um, yeah, that's cool, man. So uh, I'm assuming pike too that's part of your game there yeah yeah i've uh yeah i've got a reputation for being like the dirty pike guy um (laughs) because uh, oh hell yeah yeah. bitch (laughs) (laughs) i love it man um you've got some great water that's super close to my house um that's only pike water and uh can be really consistent it's super fun um, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to run into like a 45 inch pike and, you know, but they're the river pike, they fight super hard and yeah, it, I, I they're real them. eager eaters. They very oh, yeah. really are <laughs> excited to eat. They, yeah, they're probably the hungriest. Oh, but they eat yeah. so great though. I mean, a, oh, a pike yeah. eat is, there's nothing like it. It's well, there might be stuff it, like it, but. I haven't. Yeah, but no, honestly, I think when you when you're waist deep, you know, or a bit more, and you get that eat right in front of your, right in front of your man, it it'll make your heart jump. I like any fish that will kind of startle me a little bit. A pike will definitely do that for sure. Yeah, Yeah. especially even more than smallmouth for sure. Oh yeah, and that's how I fell in love with them. Um, I was up in uh, Hayward, Wisconsin um after after moving back from the west and um was on my first you know bass trip and uh i i remember strip setting on my first bass and i i I just was like oh man this is gonna change (laughs) change my whole trout fishing thing for a little bit (laughs) you know yeah and um yeah they're they're a fish you you, you you fight you don't play yeah. you know it's uh i oh, especially man. big ones yeah i always it's it's really uh i i mean okay so i i've not done a lot of i guess a lot of lake fishing like i mean i've, I've done well let's put it this way i've done a lot of lake fishing but not nearly as much as as the river smallmouth thing there's yeah. there's for for the guys and the lake guys are great you know that's a great it's a great fish in a lake too i've caught you know, my first really big lake experience this year, but I, I said I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I'm going back next year. Uh, but I'll say that the chaos of having a big bass on a fly rod or, or, or just light tackle in general in a river is second to none. It's it's there, there's <laughs> danger at every in every direction. You could lose that fish on the bottom. You know, there's sticks, there's, you know, and, and you get some of that in the lake, but you know, I think that the the moving water, drifting your boat down, you know, you're fighting against current, there's bottom, there's, you know, stuff in the middle of the water column, you know, it's, it's just a, a really crazy, uh, kind of almost when you finally do get that big fish in, it's like you get this dump of adrenaline, you know, it's great. So, yeah. 
now and they're eager to find everything to break you off as well yeah for sure you know, they're, they're not you know you know fish that just dog you on the bottom they no they uh they, they were and that was the exciting thing this summer we ran into so many big fish that um we you you learned to fight them a little bit better and there was definitely a lot of fights. I was like, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to win this. Yeah. You know, I, situations, you know? yeah, you don't have a yeah. choice. You're just like, well, they're going to do, if they go here, then I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. 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 My first three options, I'm in big trouble. And then uh, maybe if I get lucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you guys have like a lot of impoundments or do you guys have like pretty long sections of free flowing river there? Uh, the area that I fish, it's it's really long sections of free flowing river, and it, it dumps into Lake Michigan right there, right? So um, it does, but um, we're we're quite a distance right. from from Lake Michigan. It it really does take a uh, significant push to get like those Lake Michigan fish up, um, you know, upriver and uh into the you know kind of northern section of milwaukee Mm -hmm. um but it it generally happens every year can you uh can you talk about just the river in general because i'm not honestly i'm just not familiar at all with the milwaukee river you know as chris was saying i saw you know it it, uh flows into lake michigan right there at you know in milwaukee or close to milwaukee but like the part that you fish like Give me like a description of the the substrate, you know, the the forage, like what what kind of river is it? Absolutely. Um, so uh, where we where we generally launch the boat is uh, pretty silty, mucky deep bottom. So we burn probably about four miles of river. Um, that once you get into that kind of three foot range of the river. Um, then you start fishing. It's, it's got a lot of rock structure, a lot of down trees, um, a lot of tree structure. And I, th- I think one of the coolest parts of this summer, even though might've bummed a lot of other people out was I, I got to see it at its lowest point, you know? So I, I was really kind of studying what was underneath, um, and there were rock piles that I would have, yeah, totally looked past and areas of um, water I would have totally looked past had we not seen it in, in super low water. But by the time um, we, get, we get real skinny um, up north on this river, um, it's, it's almost a freestone, you know, sandy bottom. Um, and, uh, can, it, 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 it's wild because in four miles, as you make this run, um, you go from almost like green, brown water to something that's almost gin clear. Hmm. Um, so as you were mentioning sight fishing, that was the, this year was kind of the first year that I, I've been able to take that on. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's that seems like a good bit of fun. It it yeah. sounds that, <laughs> that river sounds a lot like what we have around here. It's just a a lot of like sections, like we call them, just dead sections. Um, and oh, yeah. then you know you kind of have to get through that 
to get to the better stuff. And I think a lot of that isn't necessarily the characteristic of the native river. It's like there's ag that's like created a lot of that. So it creates sections like from human influence It's created sections of the river that, you know, aren't great for fishing. Um, And then you'll have other sections where there's a barrier where it's really maintained its natural substrate. Um, And those are one of the things you said, uh, I think is, a lot of people miss um, is investigating the river when it's low and clear. Um, You know, a lot of guys, they don't think like, you know, we don't use electronics like river guys, like in general, they don't use electronics. Like even if you do, it's not very like often or you're, you're not like staring at a, yeah, a sonar, like a guy on a lake will. So, a lot of the opportunities to really see what the river looks like is when it's clear. And, uh, yeah, that's the other thing you can, most of the time you can see the fish. So like, you know, you'll, you'll go in certain situations where it's like, dude, you know, there's a, there's a nice smallmouth. Let's, you know, you back off of it and fish for him. Um, and it, it, it creates a whole other skill set too, because then you're like, you're especially fly fishermen, you guys, you have to make those long casts which is, mm-hmm. that's what's tough, you know, uh, Chris and I going out when we get in those clear situations, like making a long cast with a spinning rod is a whole different deal than making it with a fly rod. So, yeah. um, and, and generally you only get one shot at it, yeah. right. you know, and that's, that's what makes it, uh, makes it tricky. And, uh, I did get, a a lot of a lot of clients just standing on the back of the boat we anchored it up and we would just wait for fish to cruise through almost like you know you would in certain saltwater scenarios and you had to make the shot and it had to be in you know it had to be 12 inches in front of them and you had to strip in a certain manner and yeah um but oh is that gratifying yeah for sure so visual i mean you, you you see every instinct of that fish. Now, do you um your full time gig is you work for the fly fisher, right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. So what do you what do you do there? Um, I'm a kind of a shop employee. Oh, okay. Um, nice. Yeah. So do you tie for them at all? Um, <laughs> no. My boss, uh, my boss Pat, has so many patterns, and we we stock so many patterns that. Yeah, it, there's manufacturers that do that, but he's got uh, plenty of patterns on his own and pretty, pretty legendary dude, uh, fun to work for. So um, I had a previous job I should probably mention. Um, I was the, uh, yeah, I was the Olympic coach for the U.S. ski team for uh, five and a half years. Whoa. Oh, first, first Olympian we've had on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, were you out in Colorado Springs? Uh, no, um, we're based in Park City. Oh, okay. Uh, Interesting. I was just in Park City the summer for the first time. Cool place. Were you really? Yeah. Right on. You get fish? Uh, not in Park City. We did a, like a national parks trip with the family and we started, started in Salt Lake and then went up to Glacier and Yellowstone and all that. So we stayed in Park City for, uh, three days waiting on our RV to get ready. And, um, yeah, it was a cool place. Real Clark Griswold, real Clark Griswold-esque trip. (laughs) So, yeah, 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool like historical Olympic stuff from when they had the Olympics there, the Winter Games. It was neat, mm-hmm. cool place. So yeah, absolutely. And then um, yeah, and then I took over just pr- prior to Korea, um, the Australian ski team uh, freestyle. Um, so did that as well. So the the only thing I kind of preface this with is those jobs are like eighty hours a week. 51 weeks a year and on that 52nd week like you're bothered the entire time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just stressed um so i i took up fly fishing which i think surprised a lot of people because i was into these really extreme sports and um yeah it's just something that i've stuck with and uh you're one of yeah. those guys. I can see this in you now. You're you're a you're a success guy. Like you're, you <laughs> like you you do a lot of stuff, don't you? You're like you're like good at a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. That's all right. That's cool, man. Uh, no, that's uh, you know, there's been a lot of bleed over though. Like some of that stuff is coming. Like you know, they're doing little videos about it. You know, like like uh, snowboarders that you know that fly fish and stuff like that. It's becoming kind of a you know, I don't know. I, I, I fear that our, our fishing thing is becoming mainstream and, and all of a sudden our rivers are going to be chock full of weirdos. Fishing's a universal um, language though, man. I mean, it's like one of those things. It's primal. Well, not you know? just skiers. I didn't mean that. I just meant like everybody, <laughs> you know, I, like everybody's going to be coming out here, you know, next thing Chris, you know, the, I don't know. The skiing community is yes, totally uh, after. They're going to oh, cancel your ass, dude. <laughs> I'm going to get canceled by the slaloms. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Please don't tell the Australians. No, when, when are you, uh, are, so how long ago did you give up that job? Uh, right after Korea. Oh, wow, man. That's, and then, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And then immediately I, uh, I went on a nine and a half week, uh, road trip, um, across, uh, the Western U S mm-hmm. and kind of just felt like putting my feet in like the best trout water that I could think of. And, um, actually kind of it was strange i met a lot of people um via instagram which i i know everybody can have their own feelings about instagram um but it was really a cool experience for me because i would just kind of post something like hey you know i'm gonna be in denver this week um who wants to fish yeah and six people would hit you up and all of a sudden you're on their drift boat. Yeah, that's awesome. You're like, whoa, man, this is so cool. And then, you, I mean, so yeah, it was a positive experience for me for sure. Right. So I did nine and a half weeks of that and then did um, eight and a half weeks in Costa Rica uh, targeting tarpon. Dang. Dang, dude. You went You went for it. 17 weeks yeah. of vacation. I is that, That's right. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome, man. So then uh, after that, that's when you decided that this was not just a, not just a hobby. Well, yeah, and maybe not just a hobby, but one of the things that it really did for me is it it reminded me kind of how much I love Wisconsin, you know, Um, in a lot of ways, Uh, because when I was a kid, I was a skier 
you know, so I wanted to get as far away from Wisconsin as I possibly could, right. <laughs> you know, and um, having said that, coming back as, as, as an adult and realizing that we have a season for everything here. I mean, really, I mean, I, there's not a, a, a month we're not fishing for something. Yeah, dude, Wisconsin's you know? awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. If it weren't for the like super harsh winters, uh, I may. <laughs> oh yeah, no, those, those. Yeah, but if you're a skier, I mean, if you're a skier, yeah. you're all probably all about it. But um, not at all. I've gotten like multiple bits of frostbite. That yeah, yeah I get caught so easily. You know, <laughs> the guy always wearing base layers <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is kind of cool, like um the idea of when you're, when you're young, the idea of, I need to get away. I need to get away. There's so much other, you know, there's so much to see and that's all great and good. And, and, you know, I, I would encourage that even in my own kids, like get out there, see the world, do your thing. But, um, it's, it, there's also an element of finding what's around you and making it, you know, like what we found here with smallmouth fishing, we found in Indiana of all places, which, you know, Indiana is probably, you know, it's, it's flat, it's ugly, there's cornfields, you know, it's, it's not really like, you know, it's not the Rockies, it's not even Michigan, which is just a state over. But what we've got are a couple hundred yards of just like pure freaking Garden of Eden stuff that's like... A, a, you know, probably a hundred miles of it where there's just a couple hundred yards on both sides of the river. That's just ours. And nobody seems to know about it. And it's, it's ours. We run it. I mean, nobody, there's like hardly anybody out there and we're just like, and it's the prettiest part of our state. It's the part of our state that nobody seems to know about or care about. And besides the Amish people that showed up in front of me <laughs> on this last trip, <laughs> and I'm not even joking, freaking Amish people, Lined up kayak. Hey, won't see him on jet boat water. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, no, dude, it's it's. There's something cool about that, though, too. You know what I mean? So I'm assuming where you from? Like, the, do you live pretty close to where you grew up? Then, yeah, yeah, same, pretty much same place. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. and you you yeah, probably yeah. lived all over the place. I mean, you lived out in Utah, I'm sure, when you're coaching out yeah. there. Um, I've lived uh, about eight years in new zealand as well damn were you a fly fisherman then yeah all right <laughs> uh, good lord I, I, yeah i and you know i really really wish for the sake of everything i could tell you like these amazing stories of me just beating up new zealand right right <laughs> man no that's not how it really works there really <laughs> it, it's really top technical fishing. I've actually heard that. Most. Like you, you'll and move like a mile and you'll see one fish, like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the biggest brown trout that you've ever seen in your life, and it's in gin clear water, ready to eat. And you just need a fourteen foot leader and a perfectly placed fly. <laughs> and, Is that um, it? <laughs> sure to not line them, and uh, then then you'll yeah you'll have some success maybe. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't stories have beaten up on it. it it beat up on me pretty properly yeah well i've but, i've heard that that it's very tough i think that's why people are you know now everybody's talking about south america it's like they'll say that 
South America is what New Zealand was 25 years ago or whatever. So and I think there's truth to that because I don't remember there ever being a fly shop anywhere living in New Zealand for like eight years. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there was in certain places, but wow. we, we, they weren't in any urban areas. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, it just wasn't a popular thing at all. And, um, yeah, we were looked at as like, you know, kind of why you wasting your time doing this. Um, yeah. When you've got like ocean. Yeah, really. But, it's a, it's an Island after all. So probably yeah, most, it, yeah, most people are sea, you know, deep sea fishing or fishing offshore somewhere, but, yeah. um, so, so Chris, you want to, you want to run them through our, um, our Smalley talk ringer. Yeah, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Um, all right. Well, well. Before we do that, we'll do the uh, what? What are some of the more uh, productive patterns that you find fish on in the uh, let's let's just say the summer months on the Milwaukee? Um, yeah, man. It, it, it comes down to this is probably two or three pretty key patterns um, based on the life that you see in that river, right? You see a lot of white bait fish. Like why wouldn't you fish a laser minnow, for example? Um, uh, again, with like crayfish patterns, right? You're going to notice if you're walking all the time and paying attention, you're going to see a lot of crayfish. So it makes sense to have something like a crazy craw. And, um, and then I'm just a sucker for deer hair poppers. Um, they work well in the morning, well at late at night, uh, into the evening. And, uh, yeah, I think they all appeal to certain sensibilities that, um, those fish look for, I think in the Milwaukee at least, um, because other than sculpin, we don't, we don't have a ton of other, of other kind of life forms that are living there. Yeah. Um, now do you get guide clients kind of just like you said, through word of mouth or do the, do you work through a fly shop there as well? Or is it? No, no, no. I, uh, it's totally a word of mouth thing and Instagram thing. Oh, nice. Uh, to be honest, um, that's where, uh, and Facebook, I get, I get most of my clients. It's, uh, you know, they may, they may see a picture and go, Hey, that's quite cool. This guy, he may be able to do, yeah. you know, maybe able to put you on fish. Now you're, you're found at tilted 3.0. That's your, yeah. that's your Instagram yeah. handle. Uh, or you, people can search you Joseph Davies, uh, D-A-V-I-E-S. Um, yeah. people can find you. So, um, but all right. So let's, let's ask the standard questions that we ask every guest that's on the podcast. Um, craziest thing you've ever seen on the river. Oh, that one. <laughs> Craziest thing I've seen or done? Uh, either one. If you got a crazy done it, let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Um, there was, oh, goodness. There was an e- evening with a very stoked client. And um, he, like, I, I was just determined we were, we were going to get him a big size like big age class fish and uh we did 
And then we realized that the lights had gone out. <laughs> and by the time we get into the dock, it's going to be pitch black. And I had to run that river um, oh, shit. more or less at, at, at full tilt because of how low it was. And uh, yeah, and, and that was the bugs were so bad that like I didn't have safety glasses in retrospect. That was kind of silly. Um, but I was squinting, like what I saw was uh, virtually nothing. I, I was just oh, feeling a ripper by memory. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so are you, uh, are you running a jet then? I'm not, I would, um, I'm not, I'm running a, uh, a prop on a, uh, 15 foot John boat. Okay. Oh, so you, you have at least enough water to run a prop in most places then? Yep. Yep. I've got a, a little tunnel hole, a small jack plate. So enough okay. to, That's cool. you know, get me in some skinny water yeah. and, uh, but, oh, I was feeling that one out. That was, yeah, that's rough. Scary. That's very <laughs> yeah. scary. I mean, that, yeah. that may not sound very scary to people who have never run a river at kind of when it's starting to lose visibility, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's very, very scary for sure. Yeah, it was already hard enough to run in broad yeah. daylight. So, oh yeah, sure. that was, that was tons of fun. Uh, personal best smallmouth. Uh, as we were talking about my friend, John Lee. Yeah, that was with, uh, John. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I guess you guys have met John Lee. He's a character. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looked at it and goes, that's gross. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, was, from John, was, that's a, that's a pretty, yeah. that's a pretty great reaction. Uh, yeah. He was just like, that was gross. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. When, when you can elicit any reaction from him, I'm sure. Cause he's caught so many, oh, yeah. so many monsters, but, uh, oh, dude, he's a savage. Yeah. yeah. So let's hear, uh, your favorite, two-man podcast based out of central indiana that's focused exclusively on on river smallmouth does that be small talk or what would that be oh man there's so many to choose mm. from <laughs> uh, no 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 absolutely not listen to you guys absolutely. and that's why i reached out you know? all right man well hey I, I appreciate you coming on i'm actually about to lose my battery um I appreciate you coming on talking with us about smallmouth sorry we had some trouble getting you in initially but uh, hey, great no conversation. Uh, go check Joseph Davies out. Um, like I said, probably the best place to get him is on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, but Tilted 3.0 is on his his Instagram handle. And uh, yeah, dude, you have to keep us updated on on your season. Are you going to be doing any guiding for steelhead or salmon? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's kind of already started. Um, it's been a tough, tough year because of low water. But uh, we've been getting it done every weekend so yeah and now um do they run all the way up to those northern reaches of your of your river absolutely they will oh wow um, but there's you know like you need some heavy water to get those fish up there and uh it doesn't look like it's gonna happen anytime soon oh really yeah we're, no, we're absolutely no. blown out down here. I mean, we went, you know, we're probably 15 to 20 times higher than our seasonal flows right now. So, yeah, which has kind of shut us down for a couple of weeks. But, you know, all said, you know, it's probably, you know, I saw Lake Tahoe got a bunch of rain today, too. So, 
glad uh, I'm glad we're not going through some sort of severe drought like we were a couple of years ago. So yeah, no, it's it's been insane. Yeah, you so. know, like actually we've had low water all year, and then into the fall, like I mean, it was in Wisconsin, right? Like it was like 75 degrees two weeks ago. Oh wow! I mean, I mean, we were wet waiting. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, so it's 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 pretty tough for you know the salmon, steelhead, and browns to be uh, persuaded into the rivers, so to speak. Um, yeah, when when the, like the CFS is at like three hundred. Yeah, you know where you fish it more successfully around a thousand to eight hundred. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, like, well, Josh was on the Upper Mississippi this year, and it was a trickle. And down here, we've got so much water, you know, we don't know what to do with it, but, but anyways, man, well, Hey, it was nice talking to you. Um, good luck for the rest of your season and, you know, thanks for listening, obviously. And thanks for coming on. Right on. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. See you, man. See ya. Later.